Light beer, dark money. Agree on something. Politics, culture, and the intersection of faith, freedom, and free enterprise. And now, live from the Star Worldwide Network Studios, here are your hosts, Light Beer, Chris Clements, and Dark Money, Sean Noble. Welcome back to another episode of Light Beer, Dark Money. I'm Sean Noble, and my co-host, Chris Clements is out of town, so it's just me today, uh, and there's plenty to talk about. It's going to be a little bit monologuish, but you can uh, you can follow along. If you have questions or uh, comments, feel free to reach us through the website, our social media channels, whatever you whatever you like. So I guess there's a lot of different things. Obviously, the Super Bowl, the Waste Management Open, big events in uh, the Valley of the Sun this last week. Super Bowl, I thought that was a great game. I I did not have a favorite uh, between the Eagles and the Chiefs. But I do feel like it was an underwhelming ending to a great game. I felt like that last call, if you watch the game and you're an Eagles fan, you're probably still fuming about it. Uh, if you're a Chiefs fan, you're saying, oh, yeah, that's clearly holding. Uh, not sure it was. But it would have been nice to let them play that out uh, to rather than have it end on a, a field goal at the very end. But um, needless to say, it was a great win for Arizona, great win for uh, our efforts to continue to draw major sport, sporting events to the Valley of the Sun. And I think uh, everything went fairly smoothly. I don't, I don't, I have not heard of anything that was really a problem. So I think that that will will help us as we continue to uh, attract these big major sporting events in the future. And I'm hopeful that we'll have the Super Bowl again soon. Uh, I did go to the Super Bowl when it was here in 2015. That was a lot of fun uh, when the Patriots won right at the end. And, uh, did not go to the game this year, but it, it sure was a fun game to watch. Uh, just from a, I'm a, I would consider myself a casual football fan, uh, not super partisan in the, the regards. I grew up a Los Angeles Rams fan, then they moved to St. Louis, and I was a 49ers fan because I like Joe Montana and then Steve Young, uh, but again, not like life or death. Um, I've been a Cardinals fan, you know, a bit of a bandwagon fan. I'll be totally honest. Uh, but uh, I love the fact that we have professional football in Phoenix and hopefully that will continue to reap benefits for us. And so here we are. We're now on the verge of spring training uh, looking forward to that pitchers and catchers report. And, uh, just in a couple of weeks or so, we'll, we'll start to hit some spring training games. Uh, if you, I, so I think my favorite place to watch spring training is at the giants. Um, just cause it's convenient for me. <laughs> it's also just a great stadium. I do love, uh, watching, uh, out at uh, Camelback ranch with the, the Dodgers, because obviously I'm a huge Dodgers fan. 
but it is a pain to get out there. So less fun from that regard. Uh, Interested in your thoughts on the Super Bowl halftime show, Rihanna showing off her uh, ability to kind of do it all. I mean, she's pregnant, pulling off a huge halftime show. Chris Stapleton doing the uh, the national anthem at the beginning. Thought that was a nice touch. And the one thing I will say about the halftime show, I mean, it's it's pretty daunting, I think, for anybody to carry it by themselves, which is why in some ways I think the halftime show last time, last year, when it was Dr. Dre and Snoop and Eminem and 50 Cent and Mary Bilge, I thought that was a great show. But, of course, that's more my generation, so there, there you have it. Um, political news. So still don't know what's going on with these things that we shot down. Uh, had incursions of uh, UFOs, unidentified flying objects. Not sure they're alien in nature. I'm sure we'll hear more about that as the, as the days and weeks unfold. Senate, uh, the Senate was briefed on an intelligence briefing. Not a lot of information came out of that. Uh, so senators went in, uh, you know, kind of puffing up their chest saying, we're going to demand answers, but came out of the briefing without really answering any of the questions. So that then leads me to think that this has got some interesting dynamics that we're yet to, to learn. Uh, in California, Dianne Feinstein announces that she's not going to run for re-election for the Senate. That was kind of assumed, I think. We had two people jump into that race, Katie Porter and Adam Schiff, before she announced her retirement. The day she announced her retirement, uh, Barbara Lee filed paperwork to run. So it's going to be a very contentious Senate race in uh, California. Uh, Feinstein has quite the legacy. She's been there for a long time. Uh, I thought it was interesting, I guess is the best word to use, that you had two House members jump into that race before she announced retirement. Uh, that in the old days would say would be called disrespectful. <laughs> but we do we live in a totally different time politically. There is the respect for can you know the the old way of doing things or the protocols is out the window for sure. Uh, the big news on the national scene politically, Nikki Haley announces that she's running for president. She's the first official entrance into the race following Donald Trump being the only one who had announced. So it will be interesting to watch how savaged she gets by. Donald Trump. He's already taking shots at her. And interestingly, the New York Times did a uh, had they had a little pal- panel of their columnist. Uh, I think I can pull it up here. That I found fairly interesting because uh, I know some of the the panelists who um, they talked to about uh, whether you know. What does her entrance into the race look like? Uh, Liz Mayer is uh, a 
PR consultant and uh, columnist there, contributing editor. She actually was the one who was uh, viewed as shown that she thought that Nikki had was the weak. She was she had the least amount of confidence in Haley's uh, ability as a candidate. Um, whereas uh, Brett Stevens was pretty high on the scale of thinking that Nikki Haley had uh, was strong on the candidate side uh, and everyone else was kind of in between. But um, a lot of, you know, there's, there's a natural thought. And I don't know why this is uh, when, I mean, other than Hillary, but when, when women run the automatic, almost invariably the, the the commentary becomes, well, They'll be a fake, they'd be a great vice presidential pick. Um, in in Nikki Haley's case, I think she's completely capable of being president. She should she should run. Uh, obviously, she is. She didn't need me to tell her that. But I think she has an interesting. She has a very interesting story. Uh, you know, the child of immigrants. She was a very successful governor in South Carolina. You know, she's been kind of back and forth on the Trump issue. But I think that's pretty true of most candidates. I mean, obviously, anybody who was running for president or supporting a different candidate for president in 2015-16 uh, has changed their mind, uh, for the most part, uh, on Trump, and then maybe changed it back. So, uh, you know, my, only, my own feeling is that Trump has no business running for president. I don't think it's a good idea. Uh, and the news today out of uh Georgia is that there are uh, some discussions about whether there is some perjury involved in this investigation on him trying to get the election overturned in Georgia. So it will be very interesting to see how Trump's legal issues play out as he's trying to run for president. I will say that uh, that's a cloud that isn't very helpful. And uh, he probably, you know, you, you have to say he's the front runner. There's still a decent base of support uh, among Republican primary voters. Uh, but one, one of the things that was annoying to me was a comment made by Jane Coaston, who was very, you know, she was pretty down on Nikki Haley. Um, but a comment she made, and I'm going to have to find it here, uh, that I thought was very typical of a liberal columnist um, trying to, to put a different um, – trying to, to box Republicans in, I guess, is the best way to put it. Uh, let's see. Okay. So – she, the, the question is, what do you find most inspiring or unsettling about Nikki Haley's vision for America? Costin, I would ask, what vision for America? What exactly is Haley offering that is distinctly different from the generic Republican that Donald Trump became? Well, that is horsepucky because Donald Trump did not become a generic Republican. Uh, he, he moved the Republican Party, yes. It's 
part of the Republican Party that's is more something that is in his image rather than he in the image of the Republican Party. He's not a generic Republican. Um, and, you know, I would consider a generic Republican someone who is, uh, well, follows the tenets of this podcast, you know, faith, freedom, and free markets. And uh, Donald Trump, clearly not a lot of faith. <laughs> I mean, he may talk a good game on occasion when he wants the evangelical vote. Uh, freedom, yeah, I, I don't know. And free markets, definitely not. I mean, the trade wars that he engaged in—that's uh, not necessarily free markets. So it's not, you know, a generic Republican. I would, I would put in the mold of Ronald Reagan. And uh, Donald Trump is no Ronald Reagan. Now, I will get criticized. You're living in the past. It's a different world. Reagan's old. He's dead. But he, that's old thinking. Uh, but I think that the, the principles of conservatism are timeless. And we, obviously, there's some ebbs and flows with the way that society changes. Um, but we're in a different, different era, uh, yes, but there are still conservative principles that were embodied by Ronald Reagan and others that still have appeal and are necessary to uh, move our society forward. So Donald Trump's not our future. Nikki Haley very well could be. Uh, Ron DeSantis could be. I mean, there's a lot of different, uh, there's a lot of different names out there. The thing that's interesting is that when you look at the Republican bench, those that are thinking about running for president, it is a much more uh, substantive field of people than the Democrats have. Obviously, Biden's there, and there's a lot of rallying around Biden now because he, I think they feel like it's it would be too difficult to overturn that apple cart and and come out ahead because Kamala Harris, the vice president, is not seen as a strong uh, presidential candidate. She certainly wasn't when she ran for president last time. Uh, Pete Buttigieg, you know, he's a mayor from a small town in Indiana. Uh, you know, a handful of others, but that's clearly not the depth of, you know, a Nikki Haley successful governor, Ron DeSantis successful governor, um, Mike Pompeo, senator, then uh, secretary of state. You have Mike Pence, who is a successful congressman, then governor, and then the vice president. I mean, it is a, it is a deep field uh, on the Republican side. And, yes, a large field probably play, plays to Trump's advantage, but you still have to consider whether Trump actually gets to the first vote. Uh, whether it's legal issues, whether it's he sees polling numbers that aren't as good and figures out a way to get out. I mean, I am not the right person to ask about what Trump, how Trump would react to different things because I have been completely wrong almost every time I've tried to predict anything about Trump. So I'll say up front, I have no idea. But anything's possible. 
you know, we are a long ways out. And uh, we'll have yet to see uh, how this Republican primary plays out. And we still have more people to, to get in. You know, DeSantis is almost for certain going to run, probably not going to get in until May or June after the Florida legislative session. Uh, and then you've got Pompeo, who's, you know, thinking seriously. Obviously, Mike Pence has built an organization. Uh, oh, Tim Scott, a real another dynamic uh, and, you know, younger generation in his 50s. Also from South Carolina, was appointed to the Senate by Nikki Haley. So there's probably some, uh, there's probably going to be some awkward conversations there. Um, but without question, uh, the Republicans are in a better place from the standpoint of having a deep field, a deep bench for running for president. And what that means is if you know, if Trump wins the nomination and loses to Biden, then that probably ends the quote unquote Trump era. And so we have a whole, you know, a lot of the people who are thinking about running this time, who may or may not run this time, will clearly be, you know, strong contenders for what would then be an open seat for president because Biden would be term limited. Although there is the question about whether if he did win, whether he'd stay in office another four years. I don't know. I mean, stranger things have happened for sure. But anyway, keep an eye on that stuff. We will be watching it closely, carefully, bringing in people to talk about it. And uh, again, if you have comments on this stuff, feel free to reach out to us because we're anxious to hear from you. But for now, have a good one. Thanks, everybody. Take care.